Hello, and welcome to the Reality Recap Junkie podcast. I'm your host, Laurel, and this is episode seven. And this is the first episode of 2021. We made it. We're finally here. 2020 is in the past. Now, I don't think that 2021 is just going to magically be better. Um, But I got some hope that this year has to be better than last year, right? Like, if it can get much worse, uh, I don't even want to think about that. So I'm just going to think positively that this year is going to be better than last year. And we're going to have some great news for everyone and happy things to come. So I hope everyone had a good new year and celebrating safely and all of that. And yeah, let's just go ahead and get into the episode. Um, Again, there was no new episode of the challenge this week. I believe they'll be back this next week. So I'll have that recap uh, next Sunday. But tonight with the break, I wanted to talk about the Real Housewives. I am a huge Bravo fan. I don't watch every show on Bravo, but I watch a lot of them and I watch all of the Housewives. Um, I'm not one of those people that only watches like a couple of cities. I watch every single city. Um, I haven't watched all of them from the beginning. I can't remember exactly when I got into it, but it's been probably at least 10 years ago when I started watching. Um, so I know most of the background of everything and the history with all of the ladies Um, and so when I initially said that I was going to do this episode, I said that I would talk about Potomac, Orange County, and Salt Lake City, but I totally forgot that Atlanta had also started premiering. So we have four different cities to talk about. Um, I did not take any notes, so we'll see how this goes from what I can remember, but I just wanted to talk about each city and kind of give an overall view of how I think this last season went, um, or this season that is currently airing, how that is going. Okay. So I'm going to start with the Real Housewives of Potomac, which ended last Sunday. It was the third installment of the reunion last Sunday. Um, so we are now finished with Potomac, but it was just such a great season and a lot going on that I wanted to talk about it. Um, Obviously, the big thing that happened on this season was the fight between Candace and Monique. Um, That's what the whole season surrounded. So, obviously, the fight was pretty, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, good. I mean, it's a fight. I'll just preface this entire conversation with, I don't condone violence. Um, I don't think that that's going to solve anything. I definitely... It's hard to pick a side in this fight, but I don't think that anyone should put their hands on anyone else. Um, So I just want to say that up front, that that's where I stand with it. And so I'm not, you know, rooting for violence. So I just wanted to say that before I kind of dove into the whole thing. But that's what the whole season basically surrounded. Um, So I'm kind of just, I think what I want to do is I just want to go down the list of all of the ladies and kind of talk about their season and I'll end with Candace and Monique I think um so we've got Giselle who her storyline was basically about her and her ex-husband Jamal getting back together 
Um, the, the whole relationship is so strange. You know, he cheated on her before they got married. She decided to still get married. They had three children together, three girls, and then he continued to cheat on her. Um, he is like a well-known preacher, pastor. Um, he preaches, I guess. I don't know the right terminology for whatever religion and how, what their church, how that's ran, but... Um, he preaches in Atlanta and they live in Potomac. So, you know, they're in a long distance relationship, but, um, he is well known and he basically, you know, cheated on her while they were married. They broke up. He apparently has a lot of kids from a lot of different women. And I guess Giselle decided she wanted to get back with him. Um, a lot of people are saying it's for a storyline, um, and even her kids are like, we don't want you with our father. Like, we're not comfortable with that because we, I mean, they know like what he did and how he treated her and, you know, they're not okay with that. They're protective of their mom and they don't want her to be with him. And so all of the scenes that included like the kids and them talking about it and, um, the scenes with Jamal and the girls as well are just so awkward because they are not here for it. So that is an interesting dynamic. Um, we had the whole thing with Giselle's dad and the hot mic situation where, you know, he tells Giselle, like, you know, I support you. I'll be here for you. And then he thinks that his mic is off and they can't hear him anymore. And he's basically just talking a bunch of shit on Jamal And how, like, he thinks this is a bad idea and, you know, says he's got all these kids by all these women and all of that. Um, And then the other housewives are basically um, giving Giselle a hard time because Jamal never comes around. And all of their significant others come around um, to the parties, you know, the group events, and Jamal's never there. And... You know, Giselle is basically saying like, well, yeah, he's long distance. And when he's here, you know, we want to spend our time together and with our family and all of that. And, you know, we just don't have time for that, which I get that. But the whole situation just seems kind of strange. And it's like, I mean, you can tell chemistry on camera between people. And I just don't get those two. Like, it doesn't seem like there's any chemistry between them, even though they have three children and this whole life that they had prior. Just seems like they're two people that know each other. So I could totally see it just being a storyline. Um, and then at the reunion, of course, Monique and her binder, (laughs) she brought a whole ass binder out of receipts that she has on the other ladies. And (laughs) the funny part is, is that at least what they aired on TV, the only thing that we get to hear from the binder is about Jamal. So basically, um, Monique has text messages between some other woman and Jamal and about how he's saying like his relationship with Giselle is just for the storyline. And, you know, when can he meet up with her and all this stuff? And then Giselle's like, I don't believe anything that you say. You know, you can make up anything you want. And then she's like, well, this is the phone number. It's his number, isn't it? And then she reads off the phone number. And of course, they blur that out. So we don't know it. But Giselle kind of sits there for a second. And she's like, yeah, that's his number. And that's kind of like all 
all that happens with that. You know, there's not a whole lot more. Um, Giselle's just just kind of shuts it down and is like, I don't really care what you say, but it's clear that, you know, either they have an open relationship and aren't saying it or, you know, this relationship is for a storyline or she thinks that she's back with him and he is still cheating on her. So, I mean, none of those situations are great. So I think that they're still together, but I wish that she would just start fresh, find someone new someone that she like really connects with um and that loves her and loves her kids i mean she doesn't need to be with the father of her children just for that sake i mean he lives in a completely different state and clearly you know you guys aren't on the same page um then we have karen uh karen's storyline is had revolved around her and her relationship with her husband ray and how like things aren't that great between them and um they even have like a therapy session where Ray's basically saying like well I'm not sure if I'm still in love with you like I don't know what that looks like I know what it looked like you know years ago but a lot's changed since then and it's the classic thing that happens when a housewife gets on this show is that they're used to being the wife and the husband is the um, person bringing in the money. They're the one that maybe is famous or has um, a following of sorts. They've got the power um, in their lives and in their relationship. And then their wife gets on the show and they become famous. They start making their own money. You know, they become popular. And the men can't really handle it because, you know, they're used to having a woman who's just there to raise the kids, clean the house, and do all that. And now they end up with someone who has a whole career and is taking time away from them, time away from the family to film and um, do all of that. And I think that happens quite a bit on this show. And so I I believe that that is what's happening between Ray and Karen. Um, you know, they try and work on it. Um, at the reunion, Ray comes out and he says, let's renew our vows. And Karen starts crying. But I feel like those tears were fake, in my opinion. I wasn't buying it. Um, also, renewing your vows on Bravo TV is the kiss of death. You renew your wedding vows. Then you guys end up splitting up. I mean, it happened to, uh, what, Vicky and Don, Cynthia and Peter. Shannon and David. I'm sure there are more that I'm forgetting. Um, did Teresa? Oh no, no, no. it was um. <coughs> excuse me. It was Ramona, Ramona and Mario. They renewed their vows. They split up. So it's like you. Renew your vows on the show. You guys are going to split up. So I'll be curious to see if next season, if they actually do that, or if he was just saying that, you know, for some brownie points and then it doesn't end up happening or what is going to go down with them. Okay. Then we have Robin and her storyline is basically revolving around that um, her ex-husband Juan is going to propose. Um, I know I listened to several podcasts and several people that recap Bravo shows and the gist that I get from other podcasters is that 
you know, people love Robin and Juan, but they don't think that they're a good couple. And that a lot of people are just rooting for them because they're both two very good-looking people. And it's it's like you kind of just want them to be together. You know, they have kids together, this whole history. They're two good-looking people. They look good together. Um, but a lot of people think that they don't have a good relationship and they just shouldn't be together. Um, I really, maybe I'm falling under the spell that they're two good-looking people and I think that they should be together, but... I think that we actually see the chemistry between them. I like them together. I like that they have this unconventional relationship where they have, um, you know, they divorce, but now they've been living in the same house together for however many years, raising their kids together and making it work for them. Like, it doesn't have to look like how everyone else's marriage looks like. Um, I know that in the past, Juan has cheated. But if Robin feels comfortable with where their relationship is at now and, you know, he proposed and they want to get married, then I think they should. And I really, you know, wish the best for them and hope that they can um, make it and it's for real and Juan's not going to be cheating and that, you know, they can be happy. Because I think that, you know, Robin might be a quote unquote boring housewife but I really like her because she just seems, you know, real and down to earth and, you know, someone that you could meet in real life and want to hang out with. And, you know, she's not like too big for her britches. Um, and then also the other one other part of her storyline was the fact that she has tax problems and owes like $90,000 to the IRS, which in the reunion, we do find out that that's all settled now, but it's just like, it's so comical how many housewives and house husbands end up with IRS problems. And if you're like, uh, Teresa and Joe, and then you end up going to jail, and now you've got Erica and Tom from Beverly Hills and all their issues. And, you know, Ray and Karen had their issues, and now Robin, and not necessarily Juan, but, oh, man, like, you guys make all this money, just pay your taxes. Is it really that hard? Like, I cannot imagine just not paying your taxes. Like, like especially when you know that you're going to go on a reality TV show. Like, all of your dirty laundry is going to get aired. So either don't go on reality TV and hope you don't get caught or settle up everything before you decide to go out there and then you've got people digging dirt on you. Uh, anyway... Um, then we have Wendy, the new housewife, um, and her storyline basically revolves around the fact that um, she has a new baby and now she's going to be going back to work, but she doesn't necessarily want to go back to what she was doing before teaching. Um, she just kind of wants to do like her CNN or I don't know. She's not on CNN, I don't think. Whatever um, news shows that she's on, she does, like, political commentary. And she wants to go more that route and, a.k.a., just be a housewife instead of going back to John Hopkins and teaching. But she is Nigerian, and I guess in their culture, like, that status of being, like, a lawyer or a teacher or doctor is highly regarded and her mom doesn't want her to stop because then they kind of lose their status. And then there's also 
um, the storyline with her husband, Eddie, and his parents. They don't speak to them. Um, something to do with the family. Um, like, they didn't come to the wedding. I think that the mothers did not get along, and there were some issues with that. And, like, his parents have, you know, I think met his sons maybe once or twice, but they haven't met their new daughter, and there's all that. Um, I like Wendy, and I like Eddie and their family. I think that she's a good addition. Um, her talking about her four degrees, of course, did get tiresome after a while, um, but it's her first season, and I think she kind of had to find her groove, and I think she did, and I think that if she gets a second season, um, we'll really see her kind of come into her own more. Um, I think it was hard for her this season because the women seem to be like, you know, you're new here. Like, sit down, don't, because a lot of what was going on this season was all of this um, past drama that kind of exploded during the fight. And that, you know, Wendy is trying to chime in when she can and be involved. But they're kind of like, you know, you weren't here for all of the stuff that happened prior to this. So I think now that she's got a season under her belt, and she, com- she can come back next season. And um, I think that she'll be a good addition. So I hope that she does come back. Okay, then we have Ashley. And ooh. Okay, her storyline is all about being a new mom and having the worst husband ever. Uh, uh, Michael Darby, what a gross human being. Ashley is absolutely gorgeous. She is so much fun. She's smart. Um, I mean, I would say like she's probably like a total package. Um, but somehow she got married to this, uh, I, I don't even know, like, how to describe him, this, he's from Australia, but he is, like, the skeeziest, creepiest, like, scumbag guy. He has cheated on her, he treats her terribly, um, there are rumors that people think he's, like, gay or bi, that really, truly doesn't matter, what matters is that you know, multiple times he has like, um, you know, pinched a producer's butt or there are like all these different instances, um, that people have come out and said, you know, he has touched them inappropriately and they keep finding ways to like talk around it, um, explain it away. Their court case involving that got dropped, but you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And you can't tell me that like multiple people have said the same thing. Also, there was footage that was found where you actually do see him like touching another person. The evidence is right there. And it's just like, I just want her to kick him to the car, but they are pregnant again um, with a second baby. And I hope that she just gets the second baby and then gets rid of him because because he is just a disgusting human and she doesn't deserve that um like get divorced take your kids get your money and go find someone that is more age appropriate and that you actually like have chemistry with 
and you like and that's going to treat you right and appreciate you because it is clear that Michael Darby does not appreciate Ashley. He, I don't know why, but I mean, you know, he's got a beautiful young wife and I think that he thinks that he can have more. Like, I think that he's like, okay, I have this beautiful young wife who I have treated like dirt time and time again, and she hasn't left me yet. So, you know, I want, you know, someone else. I want to go cheat on her. I want to go hook up with someone, or I want to go touch this producer's butt. I'm just going to keep doing what I want. And he also has like some weird infatuation with Robin's husband, Juan. And that whole thing is so gross. Like when Juan um, was going to propose to Robin and Ashley told Michael and Michael was like, oh, well, I know things you don't. He's never going to propose. He's not going to do that. And then sure enough, Juan proposes. And then at the party where he does, Michael like pulls him aside and is like, hey, let's let's go do a bachelor party in Vegas. Just the two of us. No cameras. And it's like real skeezy. Ugh, I just don't like him. So yeah, we'll pass on him. <laughs> um, but I did appreciate Ashley's storyline about being a new mom and how she didn't want to be away from baby Dean and how that was really hard for her. And I really relate to her because I think that, you know, being a new mom and just any mom, everyone handles it differently. And we shouldn't judge each other based on that. Like, some moms might have their child and, you know, a month later be fine going on a vacation with their girlfriends or their husband or their partner or whatever. Other moms might not feel comfortable leaving their child. My son is going to be two in February and I have not spent a night away from him and I don't know when I will be ready to. Uh, I don't have a desire to be away from him. I don't know how I would handle that. Um that's just how I am. And I know that uh, there are plenty of other people out there like that as well. But then there are so many other people who are completely comfortable with going. They don't have a problem with it. And like they need it for their mental health and all that. And that's great. Like whatever works for you is what you should do. So when, you know, some of the women were giving her a hard time for always bringing the baby around, it's like, that is the way, like, if you want to spend time with her, that is how she feels comfortable being there is having the baby with her. So, you know, if you truly love her as a friend and want to continue that friendship, then you're going to have to work with her. Um, and eventually she'll get to the point where she doesn't need to bring him. So, and she does like, you know, they do go on to, uh, wherever they're vacation was she went and the baby wasn't there so and she did struggle with that and I just don't think we should give each other a hard time for that stuff so I just want to talk about that because I really related to her on that storyline and you know really just wanting to be with him all of the time um and also like her talking about how she, like she just feels like her body is a vessel for her baby and I totally get that too because I am still nursing and it is hard to not feel that way. Like when your body, it, your body's sole purpose for the last however long was for carrying the child and then birthing the child and now feeding the child. Like it's so easy to feel like that's all you are there for is for that child. So I totally felt 
her on that. And I'm glad that she was talking about it and being so open with it. Okay, so now we can get to Candace and Monique. Their storylines were obviously intertwined. We had the big fight with them where they were at that winery or whatever it was. And they're standing at the table. And we've had the back and forth um, from last season, you know, where Monique was like, I'll drag you pregnant and all. And Monique or and Candace, of course, just keeps saying, drag me, drag me. Um, and it kind of like bubbled over because Mon or Candace invited Sharice, who used to be a housewife, to a party. And Monique thought that Monique and Candace were good friends. And Monique and Sharice are now on the outs. And Monique was really upset by that. And she felt like attacked and ambushed. Like, why would you invite someone that I clearly don't like and don't get along with? And the whole beef between Monique and Sharice is because um, there are rumors going around that Monique is, you know, sleeping with her trainer and that the baby that she just had is not her husband's baby and it's actually her trainer's baby. So that is why Monique is so mad this season and she thinks that everyone's plotting against her you know, plotting to bring up this storyline. And that's kind of, you know, she took it out on Candace um, because she thought that Candace was intentionally bringing Sharice around so that Sharice could um, drop this bomb of a rumor. Um, and so that's bas- basically what's going on. So then at the winery where the fight happens, I don't even know what set them off. It seemed they everything seemed fine. And then they start going back and forth and the uh Candace does a little hair flip of Monique's and you know one thing leads to another and Monique is grabbing Candace's hair and basically beating her head and you know Monique claims that Candace threw the wine glass at her um and it's just a big mess but sure Candace has a big mouth She likes to egg people on. She likes to rile them up, you know, push their buttons. That's not good. She shouldn't be doing that. She's not 100% innocent as she claims. Did she deserve to get her head beat? (laughs) No, she did not. Um, But is she 100% innocent? No. Now, where Monique really loses me, other than the fact that she laid hands on someone else, is that she says like she's just in such a rage and she has no idea what's happening but like after it happens then she is like in the hallway and the producers you know trying to calm everyone down keep them separated and so they're getting trying to get Candace in a car to get her out of there and get her home and Monique basically like runs around the producer and like runs all the way around the building to get to the front saying that she is gonna like get Candace basically And it's just, it's just crazy to me. Like, I can't imagine being that angry that you're going to like run around and I don't know that that's their whole storyline. And that's what they talk about the whole season. And then you've got Candace with her folded up tissue because she's constantly crying and she's got her post-it notes up saying like, you can do it. You are, you are okay. Like everything's going to be fine. And, like, I don't want to victim shame or anything like that. But 
she is taking it too far, in my opinion. So, Candace is not innocent completely, but she did not deserve what happened to her. Monique was egged on. You know, she had, I can understand how she got to the boiling point with the rumors. And she's got like postpartum going on. And people, she thinks that people are saying that her child is not her husband's and they're trying to ruin her family and create issues there. And then she's got someone who keeps egging her on and she just flips. But then she really loses me when she tries to come back around for a second time to get her. And then she shows zero remorse for the longest time. And then finally she does. Um, But then they both end up like trying to sue each other. And then the lawsuits get dropped. Um, And it's just a mess. And then at the reunion, there was really no resolution. And Candace is still crying about it. It's like a full year later. And she is still saying like she's not okay. I don't know. I mean, maybe I would be that way. I would feel the same way. But I definitely think that Candace is trying to get sympathy. Um, But both her and Monique are saying doing things like on social media that are not helping their cases at, at all. Like, um, you know, the things that Candace has said about a lot of the cast members are not helping her situation. And then Monique showing, still showing no remorse, like on Twitter and, you know, clapping back. That's not great either. So after the final installment of the reunion aired, Then I think Monique did like an Instagram live where she said that she was offered a contract for next season, but she turned it down and she will not be back. Uh, So that was interesting. I am not like a Monique lover. I don't exactly have a problem with her, Um, but I can't say that I am going to miss her necessarily. I'll be curious to see how next season goes. I think that this season was a lot Um, It was good. I think it was the drama we needed in 2020, but I'm not exactly sure where the next season can go. I think that adding Wendy is good. I think that maybe they should add another housewife, maybe remove one more, you know, maybe get rid of Candace um, and bring in a fresh face. That's, that's what I would do. That's what I hope for. But Overall, it was a good season. I enjoyed watching it. It was one of my favorites to put on. Um, I'm a little sad that it's over, but we got a lot. So um, that, okay, I just talked about Potomac for 30 minutes. I was not expecting that. So I will probably not be talking that long about the rest of these. Um, I'll briefly go over Atlanta because we've only had a couple of episodes so far. Um, Not a whole lot going on yet, but just a couple of points that I wanted to say. Um, I'm loving Portia. I think she is definitely climbing to the top as far as like all-time housewives. Uh, Yes, she did put her hands on Kenya however many seasons ago that was at the reunion. But again, Kenya was not 100% innocent in that situation. She was definitely egging on Portia. Though Portia should not have laid hands on her, obviously. But if you look at Portia from season one until now, and her growth is just so incredible. And I think that she is a great housewife now. 
Um, she is hilarious. She's got great commentary. She's good in scenes. Um, of course, she's gorgeous. That is always nice um, when the housewife is just so beautiful to look at. Um, she's a mom now, which is something that she always wanted. Um, you know, she has her baby daddy drama. But this season, we really see that she has really stepped up. And a lot of her storyline is about her activism in the Black Lives Matter um, she was arrested twice for protesting and, you know, she's trying really hard to make a difference, stand up for those um, who haven't been able to stand up and speak out and, you know, showing she wants to be able to show her daughter when her daughter gets older. Like, look what mommy did. Look what mommy um, stood up for and you know, made a difference. And I think that it's really great. I think that she... Um, has been doing a lot and I'm glad that they're showing it on the show. I think that it's something we need to see. Um, and it gives us just another dimension to her and really rounds her out. And so I just love her as a housewife. Um, other than that, we have the two new housewives, which I, you know what? I can't even tell you their names right now. It's too early on. Like, I, it takes me a while to remember their names. But there's the one that her husband left for, like, three or four days, and she didn't know where he was. And, like, no. that That's not a thing. Like, that should not happen. Like, your husband just up, up and leaves. Like, she thought that he was downstairs in his office, and she goes down there to bring him dinner, and he is gone, and he doesn't come home for, like, three days. And he only responds to her if it's, like, a pointed question about the children. She has no idea who he's with, where he's at. And he still, like, won't tell her until however much later when they were filming that scene. And he's like, yeah, I was in Florida or I was at the beach or, you know, Tampa, wherever he was. And I'm sorry. Like, I cannot imagine being in a marriage You are married to someone. You guys live in the same house. You have children together. And you go downstairs and find that your husband is not there. And he doesn't come home for days. And he doesn't tell you where he's at. No. Like, lock the doors. Change the, you know, change the locks. Kick him out. Also, he was, like, watching her on their security cameras. Like, uh, no. Like, I hope that she is not with this guy anymore. He seems pretty terrible, like, from the get-go. I know we're only a couple episodes in, but he needs to go. That is just so wrong. I cannot believe that she's putting up with that. Like, it just blew my mind. I'm just like, what? I do not understand what is happening right now. So, I'm definitely curious to follow that storyline and see what other kind of nuggets of information we get about their marriage and what kind of guy this is. Um, The other storyline that I wanted to talk about was Cynthia and her wedding. Okay. Cynthia has been very annoying for quite a while, ever since she met Mike Hill. I get it. She's in love. She loves Mike. She's over the moon. Great. I'm happy for you, Cynthia, but okay, give it a rest now. We we don't care. Literally, no one cares anymore. You're happier in love. Okay, bye. 
you don't have to reference Mike Hill, Cynthia Hill, Chill, you know, all of that. Give it up. And now this season, we have to deal with watching her plan a wedding during a pandemic. And the wedding happened on 10, 10, 20 because she was obsessed with 10, 10, 20. It's the perfect date. It's got to be 10, 10, 20. <sighs> and I know she had the wedding and I know they said that it was, you know, following all the guidelines, but they had like 250 people there. And there were pictures of people not wearing masks when they should have, you know, not being socially distant. And I'm just like, uh, literally no one wants to watch this. How many people have died now because of COVID and you are throwing your, what, she's like 52, 53? And this is technically like her third marriage, if you include her vow renewal to Peter, on camera, has she been married more than that? So we saw her marry Peter, and then we saw the vow renew for Peter, for Peter, and then now here is the wedding to Mike. Okay, and you're making such a big deal about it that you have to have like 250 people there, and it has to be exactly how you want it. Like you're in a pandemic, you're over 50, this is not your first marriage. I understand you're in love and you want to celebrate with all your family, but like Mike brought up a perfect point. He said, if that date is so important to you, the 10, 10, 20, it's the perfect date. It has to be that date. If the pandemic is still going and it's not safe for us to get, have a big wedding, we can still go to the courthouse or even have a small ceremony, you know, with just our very close uh, family at her house because she has her Lake Bailey house. We can get married there and still have our wedding date be that perfect date. Then once it's safe, we can have the big reception. And she's just like, no, it has to like, she's very adamant. It has to be all of these people exactly the way she wants it on this date. And she's going to make it happen. And they have a huge fight about it because he's like, do you want the wedding or do you want the marriage? Because he's like, I don't care about this wedding. I care about being married to you. That's all I want. And she's like, well, I'm doing this for you. And he's like, I don't care. And she's not doing this for him. She's doing this for the attention. And it's just so gross. And it's so tone deaf. And I can guarantee that she is getting so much backlash right now on social media. Like I... I don't follow her and I have not gone to look, but if I had to guess, people are going to be outraged by this. I know I am. It's like so over the top. It's so hard to watch because, you know, for us, you know, normal, regular people who don't have a lot of money um, and don't have, aren't, aren't famous and, you know, can make these things happen. We're at home, not seeing our family. We're socially distancing, you know, we're doing what we can. There are people who have lost, you know, family members, um, lost their jobs, can't pay their bills. And then now you want us to watch this woman with all this money try and have a big fancy wedding when this isn't even her first marriage. Like, okay. Okay, so that's Atlanta. Um, then moving on to Orange County, 
Um, there is a lot of tone deafness there when it comes to the pandemic. Um, Shannon is, of course, over the top as per usual. Um, her Basically, her whole family gets COVID. Um, they all end up being fine. They, you know, they recover from it, but you know how Shannon is. She's so extra about it. Um, I cannot imagine being in a relationship with her, being her daughters. The thing that drives me nuts about Shannon is that you can tell that she is being extra on purpose. It's not like, I think some of it is natural, but you can tell because there are plenty of times that we see her completely normal, you know, acting rational, you know, calm tone of voice and all that. And then we get her like crazy Shannon, a high pitched voice, you know, saying all these things. And it definitely seems like she's doing that on purpose because she thinks that it makes for good TV and that just drives me nuts. Um, I'm definitely over Shannon at this point. <laughs> um, then we have Bronwyn's storyline about her um, being sober now. And that's also getting to be a little much. That's great for her. I'm glad that she's trying to get sober. I'm glad that she has now come out as a lesbian and is like living her true life. But... I don't think that she needed to be on this season of housewives because literally every other word out of her mouth is like, I'm sober. I'm trying to stay sober. It's so hard to be sober. It's literally all she's talking about, which is fine. Like I'm sure that that is how it is when you are an alcoholic and you're trying to get sober every second of your day is thinking about staying sober and it should be. She needs to stay focused and stay sober so she can be healthy and happy and be there for her family and her friends. But we don't need to watch that. Like being on a reality TV show is not going to really help you stay sober, I don't think, especially during a pandemic. So I wish that she would have just taken a season off because it's really hard to watch. Like I'm glad she's bringing awareness to it and I like I like some of it to a degree, but I don't need to see every other scene where she is like having a panic attack because she wants to have a drink. Like it's just, it's too much. Either they needed to like limit her scenes or she should have just not been on this season. Um, I'm loving Emily. I'm loving Emily and her new hip. Um, although right now, Shane like just got out of the hospital and he had a scary bout with COVID. Um, and he was in there for like eight days, I think. And Emily had it too, but she had mild symptoms. And so that, um, was really scary, but I'm actually really liking Shane this season too. Um, he's really kind of come out into his own and not been, you know, he seems to be, they seem to be on a better page in their marriage. And so, he is getting more enjoyable to watch because it doesn't seem like he's just being so mean to her and they seem to be getting along and be in a better spot. So I am liking her on this season and I'm liking her and Shane. Okay. Um, then we have Kelly Dodd. Ugh. Okay, I know she's pretty terrible when it comes to COVID and Black Lives Matter and being like socially aware of course, she says the most 
politically incorrect things you could think of. She puts her foot in her mouth. I know she had the whole comment about when the pandemic started that this is God's way of thinning the herd. Oh, man. She is tough. Um, I thought that maybe she would get fired from all of the things that she's been saying. Um, you know, P- Bravo especially has been cleaning house of people who um, have been saying, particularly when it comes to racism, um, been saying things publicly on their social media. Um, and Kelly Dodd has definitely said plenty enough to get her fired. So I'm not exactly sure why she hasn't. Um, I'm wondering if maybe just after this season, they're going to go ahead and let her go. Um, other than that, her storyline has just revolved around her and her fiance um, and how much sex they have. And okay, I get it. You know, you're happy and you have someone that you love, but you don't need to tell us about you guys in the bedroom like every other confessional. Like, we get it. You guys are hot for each other. Okay. Big deal. Like that, you know, that's, that should be the normal. Like that should be, you know, what your relationship is. Like if you're in a healthy one. So like, okay, you know, good job, whatever, get rid of her. Like, honestly, they could probably just get rid of the whole Orange County and be done with it at this point. But, um, then we have Gina, I am liking Gina this season. I think that um, I like her storyline with her husband, her ex-husband and the new boyfriend and her kids. But I think that she's just been a great, um, uh, I don't want to say like filler housewife, but she's been great for the other housewives. She's given good commentary. Um, She's good in scenes with the other housewives and checking them, but still having her own drama. Um, she's interesting, but it's not like too, too dark. Um, she's got some good things happening and she has great confessionals. Um, so I am enjoying her at least. And then we have the new housewife, Elizabeth, and I, uh, she's definitely strange. We learned a little bit more about her and about how she basically grew up in a religious cult. So I think that explains a lot. But I know that she has also said some very questionable things like when it comes to COVID on social media and some of the other things she said just about like Black Lives Matter and all that. Um, I'm not a fan of and like once I find that out about (laughs) these people, it's hard for me to unsee that. So I'm not exactly a fan of her. Um, she also, you know, her talking about her ex-husband all the time, especially in front of her new boyfriend. That's really strange. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about her. I'll have to see how the rest of the season goes. But overall, like, I mean, I watch, I watch these shows because like once I start watching it, I can't stop. I am definitely a completionist. And if there's a season of it, I'm going to watch it. Like I'm already this far in, I can't. I just can't stop. I don't have it in me. Um, but if they canceled Orange County and stopped, you know, filming it and airing it, I don't think I would be upset. <laughs> I'll just say that. But I am still watching it. Okay. And then lastly, we have Salt Lake City. 
and I am totally here for it. I am enjoying it so much. It's definitely one of my favorites now that um, Potomac has finished. It's definitely my number one. Um, first off, I love this, um, like the scenery. It is so beautiful. Salt Lake City, Utah, the mountains, the snow, it's just gorgeous. Every time they do like, um, a shot, like in the opening of the mountains, I am just like, oh, I want to live there. I just want to live somewhere with mountains so bad. Um, and it's so pretty. It's like, I think it's probably the prettiest, uh, scenic city that the housewives have been in. Yeah. Um, so I get excited every time it comes on and I get to see the mountains. Uh, so yeah, that's one thing that I love about it. But also, um, I love Mary and Whitney. Those are my two favorite. Um, I think that Whitney is gorgeous. I can't stop looking at her. She knows how to work a stripper pole. Um, yes, her relationship with her husband started out not great. And the fact that they were both married, I think, when they met and they were working together and they had like a, you know, a love affair in the office. But they truly, and they've been together for like 10 years now, right? But they truly seem to love each other and be super into each other. Like I definitely get that vibe. And so that always makes me happy when a housewife comes on here and you can tell she actually loves her husband because that's rare. <laughs> um, and he seems to really love her too. And I think that she has great commentary. She seems to have a good head on her shoulders. She's the youngest housewife, but she definitely acts way more mature than the other, um, cast members on this show. Um, and then I love the storyline with her dad and how her dad's trying to get sober and she's basically parenting him and I just love her. I think she's great. And then we have Heather who I also love and they are cousins actually. So that makes sense. But Heather's storyline is based on the fact that, you know, she basically wants to leave the Mormon religion. Um, she got divorced and feels like an outcast and she just feels like unloved and that like who would want her, you know, a, div a divorcee with three kids living in Utah. And she, I just love her. I love her commentary. I think she seems like a great person. She doesn't like to, you know, talk shit on the other housewives. She's like, you know, if she didn't tell me it, then I'm not going to, you know, believe it. And I'm not going to talk about it. Um, and I'm just really rooting for her. I want her to find someone that she can be happy with, who's going to love her. Because she just seems so great. And she, you know, she deserves to have a true love. Because her first husband, like you can tell, she didn't actually love him. It was more like an arranged marriage type of thing in their religion. And she deserves to find like true love and someone that she's going to have passion with. So I'm totally rooting for her. Um, then we have Jen Shaw and I'm not a fan of her. She's way too extra. She is going to a level 10 for the cameras for sure. And I am not here for it. It's too much. Um, if she could tone it down a little bit, that would be a different story. I would love to get more of her storyline with her husband. Like her husband is a basketball coach 
football, basketball, something like that for you, the state of Utah, Utah state. I don't know. Anyway, he did not go to her father's funeral. So her dad passed away like last year and he did not go to the funeral because he had a basketball game. And he's like, a he's a coach, but he's not like the head coach. He's like a position coach or whatever. So you're telling me that you can't miss like a game to go to your own father-in-law's funeral. Something is a miss there. And like, she talks about how she always has to get her pep talks from him every day. He's away a lot. So they don't spend a lot of time together, but she calls him and he gives her a pep talk. Like, is he your husband or is he your coach? Like your life coach? Like what is going on there? I need more information on that, but all we get from her is being so extra that I just, I can't, I can't deal with her. Um, then we have Meredith Marks, who is like separated from her husband. Her husband really seems to want to be with her, but she's just like, eh, no, no. Um, and then another big part of her storyline is her son, Brooks. And I'm so over him already. Like, ugh. I can't even get started about him. I'll be here way too long. Um, we can do less Brooks. He's not a housewife. He is the son of a housewife. He clearly left school just to be on this show and try and get his fashion line, which is like one sweatsuit worn a couple different ways. And he had a whole fashion show for it. Anyway, uh, I'm not so sure about that, about Meredith and how I feel about her, but then we get Lisa, and I semi-like Lisa. I semi-don't. Um, I love that she has to have her Diet Coke because I'm the same way, except I have to put grenadine in mine. Um, but I love, like, she has good lines that I like to just say around the house. Like, can I touch? Can I touch? Can I touch? Or, hola, tequila, vida, tequila. Um, so I like to imitate her and her voice. Um, but the fact that like she, you know, ignored her babysitter's phone call when she was at Sundance, like what if something's wrong with your kid and you just ignored the phone call? Like you're really that important and so busy that you can't check on your kids for five minutes. I wasn't a fan of that. And then also like her husband... Like, I feel like they probably have a good relationship, but it's so work-based. I think that they should do their goals of cutting back and, you know, only um, taking on ventures that make sense for their overall goals. It seems like she puts a lot on her plate and she should maybe just cut back a little bit more so they can, you know, be a family and spend time together. Okay. Then last but not least is Mary Cosby. And Mary Cosby is married to her step-grandfather. Yes, you heard that right. Her grandma got remarried to a man. And they, like, run a church together. And when her grandmother passed away, it was basically in her will that one of her grandchildren would marry her husband. And it Mary was the lucky one. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure you need to say much more. Like, just let that sink in. She married her step-grandfather. And they've been together for, like, a long time now. And they have a child together. But I'm sorry. Like, 
this person was a grandfather type figure to you and then you married him after your grandma passed away because your grandma wanted to you wanted you to and also your mom was upset because you married him and she didn't get to so wait like what i am still just like baffled by this <laughs> Um, and I mean, she admits how weird it is and like how it was so hard for her to like, you know, get on board with it. But she knew it was like what her grandmother wanted and then it ended up being great for her. But is it really great? Cause it doesn't seem like, you know, she's super into him now. Um, uh, yeah, I think I might recap an episode of Salt Lake City. So I can devote a whole episode to it at some point because I am just really enjoying the season overall and I get really excited for it. And I have been live tweeting it. So you can join me on Twitter for that. Um, But I think that's about it. I know I skipped a lot, but I wanted to try and fit everything into an hour and four cities to cover. And I know I took a half hour on Potomac, but they have a whole season that's already happened. So I really had to dive into that. But let me know if you liked this. I will definitely be doing more Bravo because I am obsessed with Bravo. Um, So I will definitely have more bonus episodes like this. Um, and we'll likely be recapping a Bravo show once the challenge is over. So again, thank you so much. If you've listened to this, you can follow the podcast at RRJ podcast on both Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and, um, rate, give me a five-star rating. Hopefully you'd give me a five-star cause you like it and leave a good review. Um, So again, thank you so much. I appreciate everyone who listens to this and I will see you next week with the newest episode of the challenge. Bye.